Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Coulter, everybody's looking for a way to stand out when it comes to marketing. Our friends at Western Birch have done exact our friends at Western Birch Tees have done exactly that. Customized logos on bulk order golf tees for your company, your organization, and that includes us, 1029 ESPN Radio. Love it. So stay tuned because we are going to have some ESPN Missoula tees to give out, to win, a bunch of other ways you can acquire these tees. If you go to westernbirch.com right now, you can see these high-quality hardwood golf tees. There's a bunch of different color schemes. They're just standard. I know if you're a golfer, you're going to need a bunch of tees, and these are really well-priced. You can order them online, deliver right to your doorstep. But if you do want some of those custom-made tees, whether it's just for you or for marketing purposes or to give to your buddies, if you order a thousand tees right now for $149, they can put your business's logo on there or any other logo that you want. And you can get as many as 2,500 of these custom made tees. They'll last you all summer. They're functional, but they're also something that people will certainly remember. So go to westernbirch.com right now to order your custom made premium hardwood golf tees. It's four o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Today, we hear from the voice of the Grizz, and it's A-Rod and J-Lo. Gonna buy the Mets? Come on. That can't be real. Is that real? It's 2 Tell Nuanas. 102.9 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this fantastic Tuesday, which was a nice Tuesday in Western Montana, has become a bit of a wet Tuesday, and that is okay with me. I told my wife when I got home I was going to mow the lawn caveat if it wasn't raining now 
I just got the weekend ear the evening off. It's two tell nuanas. Uh, glad to be on board with you. We are uh, broadcasting as always around the world on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You can listen live on the stream. The stream is available all the time. You listen all the time thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you'd like to pick up your phone and call, you can do that as well. 361-3688-361-3688. The phone number, all guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Of course, we're on Western Montana, 1029 ESPN Radio and across the state on SWX Montana Television. Today, uh, we got a lot to go through couple or uh, you know some guests to talk to and everything else so let's get to it first of all we will start montana state wins the brawl of the wild trophy for the fourth straight year eh, eh, eh. i don't know how much stock i put into this they will discuss that though it is you know worth taking a note of worth thinking about we also are going to talk about a former nebraska offensive lineman aj forbes who is transferring to the university of montana and we're going to speak with peter gabriel who's a nebraska cornhuskers men's basketball and football writer for the lincoln journal star so that's who we're going to talk to about that that transfer from nebraska and uh, several other things by the way peter uh, parker gabriel used to work in the state of montana worked for the bozeman chronicle for four years so he knows about the state of Montana as well. So we get to him uh, too. We also are going to have Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz at the top of the hour. Excited about this to have our good buddy Riley back on the show uh, with us. See, uh, you know, what he's doing. What are we going to ask him just about like his handicap and stuff or what's like, what, what do we have to What do we have to say to Riley today? I mean, you know, he's been prepping every time he hasn't been. You can't golf in the dark. Yeah, right. You go home and just start uh, going through stat lines and uh, yeah. I mean, I even I even sent him his questions beforehand because he uh, he said the same thing. (laughs) What the hell do you guys want to talk to me about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we will we will talk to him. It's always entertaining to talk to Riley, certainly, and uh, we will uh, also uh, (laughs) talk a little bit about A Rod. And the NFL. It's two telling the water. What, 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 what are you laughing at? I'm just about? laughing at you calling Parker Peter Gabriel. That's a great Did I say uh, Peter? You said Peter, then Parker. Okay. Peter Parker picked a patch Who, of pickled isn't peppers. Is Peter Parker <laughs> Superman? Isn't that Superman? Uh, or Spider Man? Peter Parker I mean. is Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah Spider Man. Okay. Uh, well, good. I'm glad we got that sorted out. Who, who, who's, who's coming who's, on? Who's Superman? Parker Gabriel. Who's Superman? <laughs> What's Superman's name? Clark Kent. Very good. How about Batman? No idea. Wow. <laughs> Do you know, Tommy? I'm the last guy to know the answer to this question. Is Batman. You don't know Batman's name? Nigel? Bruce Wayne? Oh, Bruce Wayne. Bru- you say Bruce Wayne like it's as recognizable as Paul McCartney. No, Bruce Wayne, it's not as it's recognizable not. as Paul McCartney. It is. But no. it, it, it is. I didn't know. Okay, everybody that's listening out there, one of the trivia questions tomorrow will be, what is Batman's name? If you say Bruce Wayne, you'll be halfway to Wings of the Desperado. Call me tomorrow. <laughs> What's the deal? You just take a part of a famous person's name and then make it into the super, like Bruce Wayne, Bruce Willis, Peter Parker, Peter Gabriel, Parker Gabriel. <laughs> how we doing? Is everything good? I, I don't know how you're doing. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm doing, doing I'm doing just fine. I wish it wasn't raining. A couple really... of things that we wanted to get to. I tweeted this out just a little while ago, but we're excited about this. Okay, so this is this forth, forthcoming weekend, this weekend, is Memorial Day weekend. So Can't believe that. We'll have a three-day weekend here coming up. When we return, starting Tuesday, we are going to open this thing up, and we got ourselves, boys and girls, something we have done for a number of years with our friends, our partners over at the Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort. Wait, so you're giving me Monday off? I'm, I do nothing for you, as you know. 
You can do whatever you would so like. So you're on taking Monday. Monday off. Well, I'm not taking it off. It's a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna. Be, I mean, what? What do you mean? I'm taking it off. It. You know, you can't go to the bank. You can't go to the post office. You can't listen to Tutel and Nuanas. Maybe you can listen to Nuanas. If probably you not. so choose. Not probably not. I just want to say I love what you've done with the show outline today. I'm so impressed when it's more than one page, and you walk in here with six pages, and I thought, wow, they've got a lot going on until I realized it's 72 it's just, size it's, font. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's because I copy and paste previous templates, and that for whatever reason, this one just had a bigger thing. You know why? It's because you don't have Word. You need oh. Microsoft Word. I do have Word. I don't have a computer. My issues are much deeper than yours. You got a very nice computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just don't have a work computer. <laughs> Carry on. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give away a stay and play at the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Yes, we've done this for course. a number of years, Ryan. This has been uh, a, a lot of fun. I think it's a, a place that obviously, I mean, anybody from the area is aware of the Coeur d'Alene Resort and golf course, and they're they're separate but obviously related entities. But it includes an overnight, uh, you know, at the phenomenal uh, hotel there, the Coeur d'Alene Resort Hotel, and then a round of golf for two uh, on the, uh, well, the championship 18-hole course, some uh, phenomenal place. Now, obviously, there's still some, uh, uh, you know, ongoing uh, changes in the world of golf. I don't know that they have caddies right now. They don't. By the time you go, which would be you could go sometime in in uh, in May or June, or you could also wait and go in the you know in like September, and by that time maybe uh, you know things get back to normal. But in any case, a beautiful. I mean, it's as, as beautiful as it gets, and fun too. I mean, it's it's great to golf on a course that's had you know. Uh, as much sort of thought and, uh, frankly, money in terms of maintenance and, and upkeep put Beautiful. into it is that place. It's manicured. Pro South course. And we're fortunate in Western Montana. we got a number of great golf courses to go to. Uh, but there is, there's something about the sort of the undulation, the floating green, and all that kind of stuff uh, that is there that, that uh, you can't really replicate in, uh, in just about anywhere else. So, anyway, we will have details for you on how we're going to be giving that away throughout the week. And then next week is when we will start taking you your submissions uh, for the stay in play. So, uh, you know, this is what we want to do. We want to, you know, keep people happy now and uh, get you out there on on another uh, spectacular trip and uh, and all that. Coulter, let's start here with the Brawl of the Wild. The Brawl of the Wild trophy has been, uh, you know, this this happens all over. The Capital One trophy, isn't it, is is sort of supposed to be the national, like what, who has the best athletics department in terms of, you know, the, the school that has the most championships or highest, you know, total metric of wins and championships across all sports, right? Men's, women's sports, everything else. And, uh, you know, and they kind of keep this tally going throughout the course of the year and then give away the big trophy at the end. And, of course, there's something that is akin to that, excuse me, in the state of Montana, the Brawl of the Wild trophy between uh, the Cats and the Grizz that, that again, sort of keeps track of the, of the sports, at least the ones that they have in common. Obviously, you know, Montana State is skiing. Montana does not. Montana has softball. Montana State does not. No golf at Montana State. So there's there's it's an imbalance, an asymmetry in terms of the sports. But the ones that they have in common, you kind of keep track of who has scored the most or has the most wins head-to-head, uh, where they've ranked head-to-head and things like track meets and things along those lines. The so Montana State has won the Brawl of the Wild Trophy. Granted, we did not have even a spring you know, to to add to this thing, but yeah, but the only results that didn't happen were the outdoor track and field results. Those are the only ones that weren't included in the final total. Okay, but 
I mean, do they get cross country in? Cross country is in the fall. Okay. What about in they what indoor track? What about indoor that? track? Oh yeah, championships fall. Yeah, it's in the winter. Okay, February. So uh, in any Glad case, I know you paid attention for that show that we did an entire thirty minute segment about the indoor track and field championships. You know, don't you remember they got canceled and the kid Trayshawn Malone was. They didn't fully finish the indoor championships, and they did finish the indoor conference championships. But then, remember, Trayshawn Malone, the long jumper from Idaho State, was on the runway at the regional championships I when do. when it got canceled. And it got shut down. We he were couldn't even do that. his yeah. jump. He's yeah. in his shorts, yeah. ready yeah. to go. And then he was tweeting like, "Let me do it on camera. Like, let me send videos to see if I can get into the nationals." Anyways, uh, here we are. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I vaguely remember all this. Great. You know? If you if you bring if you you know if you okay. burn my memory on so first of all, Montana State wins the Brawl of the Wild Trophy for the fourth straight year. Yeah, this is significant to me because this has this competition has been ongoing for seven years. Mm-hmm. It is partially um, for publicity and marketing reasons as much as it is for the intra sport competition of it, but right. also I think it's fun. Like you said, there is some non um, like parts of the athletic department. Mm-hmm. There's several. Montana State has skiing, which is men's and women's sports for both Alpine and Nordic. So that gives them several sports that obviously are unique to them as well as help them with Title IX, things like that. Montana offsets its football team by meeting its Title IX requirements with a very competitive women's soccer team and a very competitive women's softball team. And and women's golf. And women's golf. Yeah. Right. But the first year this happened... 2013-2014, Montana won the Brawl of the Wild Series 14-3. to They won the first, Montana won the first three. Montana State has won the last four. And they've won the last several pretty handily. Okay. You said that you don't think this is of much consequence. No, I don't. Why? At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Well, first of all, here's what I want to clarify. How are how 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 are scores kept? So it makes sense in volleyball, you play each other, right. and then that's what it is. Yep. But things like track and field, it's, it's just about finishes higher the conference championships team and the conference championships, championships. only. Okay. Yep. And if you if if one team is say fifth and the other team is seventh, then, it's just plus one for yep. the winner and zero for the for this for the other. Yep. Okay. And Montana State won this nine to four this year. The wins for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies picked up. Or I guess they split the point in volleyball. Because you get one point each for each match when it's a a round like a, a home and home. It's not scenario. one and one. It's it's a it's a half point. You can no no. It's, it's one and one. Oh, it's one and one. That's why there's so they, full so sports. They each there's seventeen earned a point for their school. There's seventeen total points to be won in this. Montana won the first one of these fourteen to three in the most dominant win of this series. Yeah. Montana State won this nine to four. The reason mm-hmm. it didn't have the full seventeen because a couple points. But men's got basketball left. won twice for Montana. Women's, Women's basketball won twice for the for the cats. Right. Split Bob, volleyball. Bobcats swept got cross country. Bobcats won football in dominating fashion. Um, like you said, the MSU women's basketball team swept. The men men Grizz men's basketball team swept. The Montana women took the point in indoor track while the Montana State men took the indoor track point. Uh, and then Montana State's women's tennis 
one, and then I don't think they got to the men's tennis. So I think it was men's tennis and then it, outdoor track for men's and women's that. Yeah, I so I occur. this this just does not move the needle for me very much at all. Uh, either here or even you know the Capital One, whatever it is, and Stanford wins it or whatever. But why? Because the sports are what matter individually sure and not but what about the trend of montana dominating this thing seven years ago and now montana state dominating this thing for four straight years i mean okay but i mean that that here's the thing when you talk about track and field yeah. especially indoor track and yep. field montana state has one of the great first of all facilities and second of all programs in the big sky conference to do this sure okay so they have they have advantages there where you are scoring a lot of points in this there's like six different points to be scored on the track and field stuff sure between track and field indoor outdoor cross country etc now montana has a great track and field program as well they do and certainly should be competitive and want you know expects to be competitive in this okay that's fine but what matters? What matters sports-wise to to fans, to alumni, broadly speaking? Football, basketball. The other sports I agree. All matter I'm- to people who, who, who played them or participated in them, and maybe it's a feather in the cap. But I'll put it like this to you. These school you could lose f- sixteen to one, but if the one was, was football. the football game. Sure. You don't really get that's a that's why it's of consequence because we've seen the pendulum swing the complete opposite side because Mont- I agree Montana State has intrinsic advantages when it comes to cross country and track and field mm-hmm. that's fine yet seven years ago even those advantages were not so pronounced because even Montana was scoring some points in those sports as well mm-hmm. it's very unlikely Montana's ever going to catch Montana State when it comes to cross country just because. Montana State's head coach is a cross-country coach. I mean, Lyle Weiss is one of the greatest cross-country runners in the history of the Big Sky Conference. Bozeman has a great distance-running community. They're going to put a high priority on it. They have some private boosters that fund it, and so they're funded better than almost anybody besides NAU and Southern Utah. They just got a million-dollar grant for the track. Sure, but you can be competitive in indoor and outdoor track, which Montana has been, and... That's actually where they scored some of their points this year. So you can't lay it all at the, at the feet of the no, track. No, and I'm not. And I'm not. And I mean, my- most schools have struggled in volleyball, mostly because of lack of investment. Yeah, volleyball is not a, a priority. Montana, both schools choose to when they're talking about investing in women's sports have invested a lot more in basketball and track. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact of the matter. Mm-hmm. So volleyball has kind of struggled. So winning that point, it's kind of a battle of the the non elites. Although Montana State volleyball was better this year than they have been in a really really long time. But that's why this is of consequence to me because the trend of the fact that it was 14-3 to Montana seven years ago and now Montana State just won for the fourth straight time. Not only has Montana State kept the advantages in the in the sports that you would say, quote-unquote, don't matter. I know you're not saying they don't matter, but in terms of the consciousness sure. of the sports-consuming public, the, the less visible sports, Montana State has kept the stranglehold on those, but they've swung the pendulum completely to the other side in women's basketball, which 10 years ago, who would have thought that was going to happen? And not only have they won four straight in football, but 48 to 14 is a pretty big exclamation point on this thing. No question. But that is such a, such a, a, a far bigger story and conversation by itself than the brawl of the wild trophy sure. as such. Sure, sure. but, but, but uh, to, me, to me, it's so indicative of, exact, of this, this, the state of the athletic departments as well as the state of the schools. And that, I mean, that's why, you know, I mean, to me, it's amazing that Montana State has swung the pendulum like they have in women's basketball. 
Okay. To me, it's not. It's 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 par for the course that the men's basketball team has continued to dominate. But also, Travis DeCure deserves a ton of credit for that. I mean, he's only right. lost to the Bobcats one time. But here, here's the other. I mean, when you talk about women's basketball, for instance, right? It's, it's a two. It's a two-fold reality. Uh-huh. Montana has struggled recently in women's basketball, as we are all very well aware, and now have a new head coach as a result of that. Okay. Also, Montana State was hands down the best basketball team in women's basketball in the conference. Yep. It's not like they were. It's not like the tenth and eleventh teams, sure. and they're scrapping it out for what's left over, and then it adds a point to the like Montana yeah. State. Give them a ton of credit for for and Trisha Benford for getting to that point this season, and they had a huge high watermark. And by the way, it's going to be tough to replicate that. I think very unlikely, in fact, to replicate that yep. given the graduating seniors, two coaches from the coaching staff, you know, move on, and so so. This was a, a little more anomalous in that respect in this past season to me than than what is maybe indicative of the trend. But the other thing about this is like if you want to talk about the trends that are at at work here, whether it's the schools, whether it's the cities, whether it's the athletic departments and so on and so forth. There's a lot of different ways to talk about that. Some of it can be financial, some of it can be wins and losses, some of it can be head-to-head stuff, but this would be the last thing on the list that I would sit here and go, well, see, Montana State won the Brawl of the Wild Series four years in a row. This is just yet another indicator. It just isn't an indicator to me. And the other thing, too, is that... But part of it is, right? I mean... Wouldn't you wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree that the number one indicator is football? Yeah. And four in a row in football is of consequence, right? Of course. And it's affecting everything at both schools, including enrollment. Okay, but that is a different conversation than the Brawl of the Wild trophy. That's a football conversation. Right. And my my thing is, is I I imagine that the athletic directors at both schools are aware of this as it's going. Certainly the SID, somebody's keeping track of it and they know, okay, after the football game, tally one for the winner at you know, in fall sports and so on and so forth. No one, no one is going on November the seventeenth when Montana State beats Montana. Hey, that's one for the Brawl of the Wild trophy for the Cats. Like, no one even thinks that thought about, like, hey, in addition to the win, we're one point more on our way to the, you know, to to trying to win the Brawl of the Wild trophy. It's not in the consciousness or care of almost anyone at all. You're right, except for that it's gigantic bragging rights in the small towns across Montana when you talk about the boosters. What would be happening right now? at both athletic departments, if we weren't in the middle of this global pandemic, is the statewide tours. Mm-hmm. The athletic departments would be going around the state, going to Fort Benton and Scobie and Glasgow and Malta and Miles City. That's right. And, Montana, and Montana would have been and, in Great Falls today. And, and guess what? Even if no one could even tell you one athlete on the men's tennis team, even if no one could tell you who was the only person to get a first place at the Women's Indoor Conference Championships, when the athletic director can stand in front of a group of boosters and say, we won the Brawl of the Wild for the fourth straight year, we won it handily, this is why, it resonates with people. It does. Let me ask you this. I agree I agree with what your premise is. All I'm saying is this is very indicative of the trends right now of the athletic departments. And although the actual capturing of this trophy doesn't get you anywhere, let's throw the Capital One trophy out of there. Overlay this with the President's Cup which is what the the all-sports trophy is for the Big Sky Conference. Mm. I don't know who's the defending champ. I don't know who's ever won it. <laughs> right. No one cares. 
I can tell you exactly who the last national champion from the Big Sky Conference is in football. Yeah. I can tell you the best football team from the Big Sky each of the last 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Because we do remember football. I could tell you the NCAA tournament representative for men's and women's basketball. We do care about it. But when it comes, it's just that one extra feather in your cap when you're raising money. If this becomes, you know, an opportunity to be a fundraiser or, you know, something for a booster campaign or something like that, then so be it. Obviously, any story is going to be told, you know, about that. And if, you know, Leon Costello can stand up there and go, hey, brawl the wild trophy fourth year in a row and all of a sudden that gets a checkbook out then so be it and if that's a you know if that's the thing then that's fine what i'm saying to you is this if you win this thing yeah but the score is exactly reversed right in the football game i don't know how you're going to get up there and go hey right, look at that, how great and wonderful uh, things are going totally but that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying is that Say Montana State wins this thing 9-4 to four and their losses are sweeps in both basketballs and football. Then it doesn't matter. You're right. But they swept and then won handily in three. There's five points in this thing that matters, and Montana State won easily in three of them, and that's where I think that it is. You can read more into it a little bit. But I think that is where you talk about it then. That's right. what I'm saying is in those things. Right. Not in the scope of so, the so we so we agree though. I mean this this when it comes along with the caveat of forty eight fourteen, it is worth bragging no, about. The caveat is you won the trophy, the forty eight fourteen. The, the forty eight fourteen right. is the story. Right, that's it. All I guess my only point was, regardless of what you think the consequences of this trophy are, or the you know what whatever it might benefit your athletic department, and I agree with you. A lot of it is largely inconsequential. All I'm saying is that I just never thought that we would be in this position. As somebody that's covered this rivalry and covered this mm-hmm. conference for a long time, I thought that Montana had such insane systematic advantages in women's basketball more than literally any other program that I never thought we'd be in this position. I've always thought Church Benford was a really good coach. Robin Silverger or not, I never thought Montana State would be better than Montana for four years in a row. I never thought the Bobcats would easily beat the Lady Grizz six times in a row. I wow. never thought that would happen. J.C. Penny filed for bankruptcy this week, 113 years. So, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, these things, it, this is... See, but now you're taking away, though. I mean, I, I think that so much of it has been systematic, not just the way that it is. No, I mean, it's it's... I, I don't. Well, I guess I don't understand. Yeah, J.C. Penny and Sears have gone bankrupt because that's the way that the world has changed. So you can sit there and say because they never it's, updated the it's page. Kinda, it's you got to get out of the earth tones. Totally, but you can always just say it's kind of just the way it is. That's the number one thing that I've just driven me crazy about what I've heard at the University of Montana for the last ten years is everybody's catching up to us. There's more parity in sports. Blah blah blah. blah. No expectation of excellence. You are the Montana Grizzlies. You should not only be better than Montana State at everything, you should also be better than everybody else in the big sky at the, all the sports you're talking about that matter. You should. It's not necessarily that you should. Okay. You should expect to be. Okay. And I think that's where we're at right now. That's the number one thing that Jeff Choate has done at Montana State, has eliminated that thought that you know we're just the plucky Bobcats. If we can somehow beat the Grizz every once in a while, we can we can consider we've arrived. He has almost there used to there was a moment in time, a long moment in time because of the streak in football, where if you were to ask so many Bobcat fans, would you rather go ten and one with a loss to the Grizz or one and ten with a win over the Grizzlies? They'd say one and ten. Right. Give me the win over the Grizz. Yeah. We lost them for sixteen years in a row. I ain't doing that anymore. Yeah. 
I don't think it's quite there yet, but Choate's gotten him right to the brink. I mean, I, I wrote that as my lead in the Cacarius story. I yeah. said Montana State is on the brink of being little brother no more. Okay, but I'm still confused, okay? Right. What is, this what has nothing to do with this trophy. That's just nothing to do with it. It, it does, it, though. This is, this is a byproduct of something that is elsewhere. This is not the indicator to me. That's all I'm saying. It's just another example of the way that Montana State has overtaken Montana. And on one hand, I think Montana State deserves a ton of praise and credit for that. And on the other hand, I think Montana needs to not think like Sears. They need to not think like (laughs) JCPenney. It's not just the way it is. You should care about literally everything in your organization, including this. And by the way, Montana... Because what is sports about unless you're trying to win everything all the time? You're here to win the game, Coulter. Yes, absolutely. Montana, by the way, is not Sears. I don't mean to make that metaphor. They are... They are working very hard, and they are... Let's put it like this. I think there's a lot more momentum right now at the University of Montana than people that are not paying attention or not in there are aware of, okay? Yeah. So I'll say, let's start there. But this, if you're asking me if I am somebody inside the program at the athletic department, if this matters to me, sure, yeah, right. it probably does. And, but, I, and I understand but, your but, premise, too. You're not writing up on the board not, and saying our number one goal for 2021 is to win the Brawl of the Wild Star. You're not, you're not right. doing that. No. All I'm saying, though, is that it is just, it's an exam, it's just a trend that I think needs I don't I don't think that anybody should be pouring any extra energy into analyzing this from an internal perspective. All I'm saying is it's just it's indicative of the way that the pendulum has swung. Yeah, maybe. Montana State has it's it's reflected in in the reputation statewide of the institutions I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Their enrollments. Montana has a chance to come out on the other side of what will be remembered as absolutely the darkest time in the school's history. In the modern era. But I think that I think that Winning things like this does matter to a certain extent, though, because good publicity is its what Montana is just dying for right now. Montana State has it in spades. Montana needs it. Like, think about all the great publicity Montana got last last sports season from Erica McLeod. Mm-hmm. I mean, one young lady that was just dominating in yeah. her sport, and it was it was she was the champion of Montana. But Montana used to be all about champions, and that's where I think you need to get back to it. All right, two tell nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Circle back to this, a rich topic, I think. There's plenty to sort of unpack there. Uh, but next, speaking of the University of Montana, the Grizzlies are getting an offensive lineman to transfer from Nebraska. Yes, that Nebraska. And Parker Gabriel, who covers Cornhusker men's hoops and football for the Lincoln Journal Star, he's going to join us, tell us all about A.J. Forbes next. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> it's it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house, you left it in my house, and I'm eating all of it. 
We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I actually think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short, everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana, Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch, and it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to alpinetouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Welcome back. A.J. Forbes is transferring to the University of Montana from University of Nebraska in Lincoln. And we will speak with Parker Gabriel in just a moment, who writes for the Lincoln Star Journal about the new transfer for the Grizzlies. It is to tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. If you would like to uh, track us down on the social medias, you can do just that at Gus Tutel. Yours truly at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT. That's Coulter covering all the things uh, going on in the Big Sky Conference. We're going to get to Parker Gabriel here in just a second. But Coulter, quickly, we we mentioned Crum uh, transferring, or not, not transferring, but committing to the University of Montana to a quarterback who they're expecting to play defense coming out of the state of Washington. What do we know about him generally? I mean, he throws, he throws for 52 touchdowns, over 3,800 yards, a year ago in 2018 yeah. se- 2018 right, season right. what what is the defensive side of this i mean are we talking about i mean he's a defensive back you would think from the size i mean not a, not a huge guy 62 right, right. 185 but why that well i think that he's going to be i mean you you've covered high school sports in the state of washington 2a high school sports is akin to like between a and double a in montana you're talking about pretty Pretty relatively small high schools. I covered 2A when I was living in Ellensburg. Yeah, or even A and B. Uh, yeah, Ellensburg High School was like about, when I was covering it in Ellensburg, it was about eight to 900 kids. Are they only 2A? In yeah, Ellensburg? Ellensburg's okay. 2A. Yeah. But you're talking the five 500 to 900 kid range. Right. So there's just a lot more of those high schools sure. in Washington than there is in Montana. I mean, there's only 10 Class A high yeah. schools really in Montana. Uh, but... I think that the Crumb kid, he's you know, first of all the reason he threw for so many yards that year. He's a good quarterback, but he also had some weapons there. Well, right? he had yeah, he had Peyton Brammer, who's who was a Pac-12 recruit all the way until he tore his knee and missed his senior year. That was another reason why they didn't win at a, as as high of a level in 2019. But then they also had another kid who's a four-star recruit who's now at the University of Washington. So when you have a guy playing two-way football who's going to the Huskies, you got yourself a Pretty weapon. Good, yeah. But I think I think that uh, the Crumb kid though. He's a lot like Bobby Houck likes him, where he's a, a smart, cerebral kid who's a developmental guy for sure. He's going to join as a preferred walk-on. But he was here at camp last year, got some offers from the Frontier Schools in Montana, so he can play. Uh, but a guy that, because he's a quarterback, I think he'll be able to pick up the safety position pretty good. He played it in high school as well, obviously. But a lot of times we've seen that. Guys that are small school, high school quarterbacks that transition pretty darn well to play in, you know, at the FCS level at least, 
a defensive back in, in college. It's Dutel Nuanos, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Happy now to go to the Rangage Brothers RV phone line and welcome in Parker Gabriel, who is a writer for the Lincoln Star Journal, covers Nebraska sports, specifically men's basketball and football for the Lincoln Star Journal, and also formerly of the Bozeman Chronicle, uh, covered Montana State uh, sports and uh, sports in Montana for four years there. Parker, thanks so much for being with us, man. Thanks uh, for, for taking the time out. We start with the obvious from the seats that we're sitting in, and that is the transfer of A.J. Forbes from Nebraska. What can you tell us both about A.J. Forbes as a football player and what was the process in terms of him deciding to leave Nebraska and go to the University of Montana? Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, nice to be back on the airwaves, at least, in uh, in Montana. Absolutely. The, um, <laughs> um, A.J. Forbes is a kid. He's from Bellevue, um, which is, you know, Omaha area here in Nebraska. And um, uh, he, did, he did two years here. He's a walk-on at Nebraska. Um, but the way that uh, Scott Frost, who's going into his third year as the head coach here, has one of the things he's done at Nebraska is um, – They've taken about 25 walk-ons um, in each of his first two full uh, recruiting cycles. The, the first year, and actually AJ Forbes was part of the first the first walk-on class here, and so um, they've had big walk-on classes. Uh, they've looked for Nebraska kids that maybe are willing to come to Nebraska and be a part of of the football program um, at UNL um, instead of taking a Division two offer or maybe even an FCS offer, and so. Um, AJ Forbes is one of those guys. So he's been in, you know, Nebraska's development program for a couple of years. He actually, um, you know, Nebraska was pretty thin at center. Um, and he was, I would say probably the number three guy, um, going into fall camp in 2019 as a redshirt freshman and a walk-on. So he's a guy who they really like the, the developmental strides he'd made. Um, they thought he had a chance, I think, to be a guy who maybe could help them down the road. Um, and he for sure was going to be too deep. Uh, material over the course of his career just you know I think some of these kids that, that walk on in Nebraska one of the paths that some of them are going to take is develop for a couple of years see what happens and then see if there are scholarship opportunities out there and, and obviously AJ Forbes uh, found one in, in Montana is this by the way what's up Parker thanks so much for coming on with what's us up? Yeah. but uh, Tom Osborne was so famous for trying to recruit the best guy from each Nebraska high school he used to always talk about. We'll get them in if they're scholarship or not, and then always make this about being you know, a Husker, guys that want to be Huskers their whole lives. Is that something that Scott Ross is kind of trying to replicate? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, that, that is the idea. And, you know, I think one of the things back in the day they had, you know, Prop 48 where they could get partial qualifiers in the school and all of that, and, and that's obviously not the case anymore. But what they're doing is they're looking at guys and – AJ Forbes is, is one of these guys. It's not, it's not always necessarily even, you know, the best high school football players in the state. Obviously there's guys every year, um, you know, two last year, a kid that went to Notre Dame and one that came to, to Nebraska. And, um, you know, there's four guys in the state that have uh, FBS offers so far this year. So, you know, there's always those guys. And then after that, there's a big group of kids and some of them have, you know, the type of frame that they think they can turn from a six foot two and 200 pound high school kid into a division one linebacker or a six foot four, 260 pound lineman that you put in a development program. And in three years, maybe you've got a big 10 caliber player. Right. And so um, that's the track AJ Forbes was on. They've got a ton of those guys on the roster. Um, and, and, you know, if you take 20 a year, 
and and two of them help you out at some point, um, you you know you're doing pretty well in that regard. You're you're building depth into your program. Well, a two-part question. Then you're a guy that's familiar with FCS football, having covered Montana State for several years, so you kind of know what the talent's like there. And you're also now very familiar with both with both your time covering Wisconsin and Nebraska, with the talent level there as well. So twofold. One, what's the translation point for AJ Forbes to this level of football? Will he be able to come in and contribute right away for Montana? And two, do you feel like the developmental program at Nebraska? Uh, has been been good to him and been good to other guys. I mean, did, have you seen his development accelerate during the short time you've been able to observe him? Yeah, I know just from from you know connections on the coaching staff within the program that they really liked AJ Forbes. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that he would have you know been in contention for playing time this fall or anything like that. But um, they really liked him, and he was a guy who I think um, you know the coaching staff in Nebraska thought that that developmental program is going to pay off over time. So. Um, I think as it pertains to the FCS level, granted, I haven't seen him on the field a lot outside of a couple of spring ball, you know, a spring game last year and, and some a little bit of practice time. But um, he was playing center here. Um, I don't know what Montana's depth chart looks like, but I think guard center guard um, at the FCS level, he might be able to play tackle. But at the least, uh, I would think that in time, uh, he'd be a very productive uh, interior FCS lineman. I'm just not sure he's big enough. Six four three ten. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, it's two tell one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Parker Gabriel joining us. He writes for the Lincoln uh, Journal Star. Covers Nebraska sports, football, men's hoops over there. Another connection to the University of Montana with Nebraska is the athletic director Bill Moose, the AD there yeah. at Nebraska now, formerly uh, at the University of Montana with a stop at Oregon in between. But what 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 have you seen out of you know Bill Moose, the AD, since you've been there, and the direction of the department as a whole, and, and obviously centrally football, the hiring of Scott Frost. Uh, obviously central to that with him there in, in that spot. Yeah, I think um, for anybody that's old enough to remember Bill Moose being at Montana, um, you know, in the in the early '90s. I mean, he's a guy who um, he just, the guy just had stories for days, you know. And he's a he's a Washington native. He still uh, keeps a, a operating ranch out in in uh, in Washington, south of Spokane, sort of between Spokane and, and Pullman. Um, you know, distant as the uh, AD at Washington State just directly before he came to Nebraska. Um, you know, I think of all the places Bill Moose has worked, he, you know, he was at Oregon right before uh, Oregon really exploded onto the scene. You know, he was there uh, right up until about the time uh, Chip Kelly, you know, got there and turned Oregon into the Oregon that we think of now and the, the financial powerhouse we think of now. So one of the things that's been interesting is, you know, he oversaw a bunch of facilities projects at Washington State and that just the revenue situation isn't the same there that it is here. And so I think that, you know, Bill Moose, they, they've undertaken some aggressive uh, facilities projects here. Nebraska's next month scheduled to break ground on a $155 million football training facility. Um, so he's been, he's, he's, he's a guy who um, he's, he's always accessible uh, to the media. Uh, he loves nothing more than to get out on the road and make circuits and, and meet people and, and talk about the small town roots and the ranching and all of that. And so, um, in that, in that regard, I mean, he's been, um, he's, he's fit in really well, I think culturally at, at Nebraska. And then, um, you know, operationally, it's a pretty, um, he identified this when he took the job and he said it all along. And I think especially now given, you know, the, the pandemic and, and the financial hardships that a lot of people 
are going through. Um, you know, Nebraska is a, it's just a money machine here. The athletic department is. And so, um, I think he's enjoying, you know, being in charge of, a uh, uh, an operation that has the financial flexibility that they've got here at Nebraska. One thing we've talked about that's uh, always been interesting to me is sort of the overlays between the University of Montana and Nebraska, especially when it comes to football. You know, once mighty powers that at the time they had it rolling, you thought to yourself, well, how could this ever become derailed? And built it with legendary head coaches, you know, Don Reed at Montana and, and Tom Osborne at Nebraska, and built it on the backs of a lot of times in-state kids, overachievers, guys that wanted to be Huskers and Grizzlies, respectively, for their whole lives. And uh, now we've seen kind of fall from grace for both as well, but it seems like the passion is still there. You know, there's still so much support for Nebraska football. And the fan base, I think you could say, they're, they're so engaged that sometimes people might even say they're delusional, but but that's what you want in college sports, right? You want people to care. I mean, just compare and contrast. What do you think of that dynamic? Just the kind of the overlay between the Grizzlies and the Huskers. Yeah, I think I think it's I think there's a lot of parallels, and I, I think that you know the the fall from grace is is even harder when you're used to dominance. I mean, you know, around here, long before I was I was here and covering Nebraska, and you know, I grew up in Big Ten country, so even before you know Nebraska really was in the Big Ten, and, and then just in the early days of the Big Ten, I mean. And I fired Bo Pelini, and, and Bo Pelini never won fewer than nine games per season um, when, when he was the head coach in Nebraska. I mean, his career winning percentage was, um, you know, almost 70%. And so that, like that, Frank Solich, who, you know, um, was the successor to Tom Osborne, got fired after a 9-3 and three or a 10-3 and three season. And then, and then Bo Pelini had nothing but 9-10 and 10 win seasons and got fired too. And then since then, you know, Mike Riley um, won nine games his second year, but overall was 17 and 17 in three seasons. Um, and it's been really uh, difficult. I think that Scott Frost, who, of course, you know, for the people that don't know, um, won a national championship at Nebraska. He's from Wood River, Nebraska. Um, won a, a championship as a quarterback in 97 with Tom Osborne as a head coach and all of that. And so I think that he walked back in here in Lincoln as the head coach in December of 2017 and pretty much didn't recognize anything about the program. And I, I wonder uh, how similar it was when Bobby Houck got back a couple of years ago, um, you know, especially following, uh, following Bob Stitt. I mean, I think, I think the Stitt and Riley, not only were they the coaches at very similar periods of time. In fact, maybe even the same periods of time in Nebraska and Montana, um, you know, respectively, but then the coaches that came in after them, Hauk and Frost, had such an intimate knowledge of what it was that made those programs work when they were really going. Um, and, and it's not easy. You know, it doesn't take very long um, for something to get off the rails to make it really hard to get it back to where it originally was. I want to I follow up that then with Chris. How hard is it for Scott Frost, who not only inherits, only inherits a program that has this unbelievable expectation from the fan base because we are Nebraska and we are national champions and so on and so right. forth, but he's the guy who did it as a player. Bobby, how much the same? I mean, uh, just I mean, just crushing everyone the first time that he was through. So, including Montana being dominant. It was him who had them being dominant before, and so if there's even possible to have an increased expectation on top of what's already there, it happens when these guys come back to the places that they once were, right? And so how 
how uh, the, the first couple of years, obviously, shift in culture, all that kind of stuff, but it hasn't been super easy, that transition yet, for Scott Frost, certainly. No, no, it hasn't. I mean, you know, four and eight in year one and five and seven in year two. I mean, it's, I, I think one of the things that's happened is it's been long enough here that people still, of course, remember the glory days and they, they want that back, obviously. But I don't think anyone, you know, no, no rational Nebraska fan is talking about, you know, hey, when are we going to win three national championships in four years again? I mean, I think you're, you're looking, you know, fans here at this point, it's been, Nebraska hasn't made a bowl game in any of the past three seasons. Um, you know, it's been under 500 each of the past three seasons. It's more about, you know, let's make a bowl game. Or, you know, when are they going to compete for the Big Ten West, which is no easy task, obviously, uh, in and of itself. And, and then you can talk about, you know, conference championships, so on and so forth. I mean, they came within a point of beating Texas in the Big 12 championship game in 2010, but Nebraska hasn't won a conference championship in 20 years. So that invariably over the course of time, like the expectations are high long-term for Scott Frost. But I think right now, um, you know, fans have come to have a little bit more of a realistic expectation of, of where the program is right at this minute. He's Parker Gabriel. He covers Nebraska for the Lincoln uh, Journal Star. Also was uh, in Montana for a number of years after coming from Wisconsin. Do I have this right? You started, I mean, you Wisconsin Scott, he's boy? a badger. Let's go. Go Packers. Right. I mean, let's let's get it on the record for <laughs> so, crying out So loud. we got to get you out here on right. this then, Parker, because we got a fellow Packers fan yes. here in, in Ryan. Yes, and and his do. mother is from Racine, right? Racine, Wisconsin, Correct. right? Yep. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, what yeah. were your thoughts when – Jordan Love. Green Bay picks Jordan Love. <laughs> um, you know what? I I have to say that I, I was a little surprised they traded up, but I was watching the first round, obviously, like a lot of people were, and I wasn't that surprised. Um, I knew something weird was going to happen. There was a run in the early 20s of wide receivers, and yes. now I don't even remember Four exactly who they were. Justin yeah. Jefferson and Minnesota. One of them, yeah. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb at 17, and then, uh, um, gosh, Justin Jefferson was at 21. I think there was another one, right? Oh, Jalen Rager went to uh, Philadelphia or something like that. Like, there was a run of receivers right before Green Bay picked, and I was just thinking, like, there's not really anybody, like, maybe that there's Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU, but other than that, I was just thinking, like, wow, the board fell in a way where I don't know that there's anybody who Green Bay is going to feel great about taking that's, like, a position of need. And I was thinking, like, wow, I mean, quarterback's there. And sure enough, they traded up four spots to do it. So I was surprised. But, um, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers talked the other day. And and it's going to be interesting. But I really think, you know, I I think that um, last year there was a lot of talk about how dicey it was going to be between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. And that worked out okay. So I I, I think that uh, it'll certainly be interesting. And it'll certainly uh, create a lot of content for a lot of people but i think it will be actually relatively smooth all things considered well we got an extra three minutes out of it right here so that's the best thing <laughs> that's, that's the best thing in the world parker appreciate you your time yeah, everybody, everybody make it pay off that's right. Exactly right. Just see, uh, make it easy on us, you know. Uh, uh, that's that's good. Hey, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks for the insight. That was great. Yep. Have a good day, guys. Parker Gabriel, right for the Lincoln Journal Star, covers the Cornhuskers football, basketball. Uh, good good dude to talk to back on the show with us. We appreciate that very much. Quick break. We're up against it. We'll come back. 
talk maybe some NFL, and then top of the hour, Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, all coming up next. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Boys and girls, two telling new honors here, 1029 ESPN Radio. Also, SWX Montana Television, outstanding to be with you as we roll through a Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some of it with us. We appreciate that very much. Very, very short segment here as uh, uh, we are going to have Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz on at the top of the hour, so we look forward to him. But Coulter just quickly wanted to talk to you uh, just to follow up briefly, just a couple minutes uh, on what we talked with Parker Gabriel about, and specifically A.J. Forbes. Again, transferring uh, offensive lineman from Nebraska to Montana. He was a walk-on there. Big, big kid. Uh, obviously did not play in his time as a redshirt and then as a true freshman. Did make the travel team for four of the five road games uh, last year. But when you talk, talk about the size and even more than that, I mean, uh, Parker said, look, coming out of high school, this was not this was not a Division One or certainly a Power 5 football player at all. But because he's from Nebraska, he was given the opportunity to walk on. But just being in and around a program like that at, in a Big 12 environment or Big 10 environment, excuse me now, uh, and and the the guys who you have to go up against in practice every day and being around a program like that, you would think to some extent maybe accelerates the growth, the productivity. What do you think about A.J. Forbes coming here to Montana just briefly? Well, he told he told the Missoulian, A.J. Forbes did, I uh, told Frank Gogola, the Missoulian, that 6'4 is a lie. He's 6'1 and a half. That's why he didn't get Division One offers coming out of high school. Well, why, why are you lying? 301 is not a lie, though. He said he told Frank that he's between 301 and 305. So six one and a half, 305, perfectly adequate to play center at the Big Sky Conference level. In fact, in my opinion, perfect. And so I think that this is a kid that so much about about getting recruited is where you come from. If you come from rural Nebraska, you have to be so good to get recruited by the only school that's probably going to recruit you. Division two football in Nebraska is almost completely gone. I mean, Nebraska Omaha, Nebraska Kearney, I don't think they have football anymore. So yeah. they don't, and they don't, there's no FCS programs there either. So it's hard to tell if this guy's an FCS caliber guy, but the fact that he traveled with the Huskers multiple games as a redshirt freshman shows me that he has at least some talent. He also, I mean, just analyzing the few pictures I've seen, he looks good. I mean, he has a he has a good frame, good body, good muscle structure. And I think that the one thing that Montana, we're talking about in the first segment, returning to the expectation of excellence, Montana's offensive line has certainly gotten better since Bobby Houck took over. Yeah. But but adequate's not good enough. Bobby Houck wants to have the best offensive line in the country. Yeah. Not, in, not one of the better offensive lines in the league. Last year they were like in the middle of the league in terms of offensive line, which was good considering they were 
in the bottom half of the league when Bobby Houck took over. Bobby Houck wants not just the best offensive line in the league, the best offensive line in the country. So they're going to keep recruiting that spot. I do think they have a solid guy in Conlon Beaver at the left tackle spot. He'll be going into his third year as a starter. Moses Mallory, I thought, should have been an all-conference player last year. He's really good. One of the guard spots. they got to find replacements for Cy Sermon and Angel Villanueva. I think this kid could fill both of those spots. And then I guess they'll figure out the right tackle thing, but I do think because Colton Kynes and Dylan Cook have both been such developmental guys, they have a chance to really take that next step. We'll see how much not having this offseason, traditional offseason that is, hurts them. But either way, reading this article from Frank, listening to Parker talk, and looking at pictures of this kid, it's exactly what Montana needed. They needed one more proven, talented guy to play on the interior of the offensive line. I think it's a phenomenal addition for the Grizz. It's Tutel Nuwamas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, Hour 1 in the books, Hour 2 straight ahead. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, he joins us. What's he been up to? No one knows. We'll find out soon next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 